are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us for The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I am Miss Shannon reminding you what we do here on The Mom Show. What we do is we make your life a little easier because as much as you spend time on your smartphone and in front of your tablets, sometimes you don't have enough hours in the day to look up all of the things that would be really good information. And in fact, sometimes you spend more of your time looking up things that are probably (laughs) not in your best interest. So we have a panel of rotating experts that come through and help us just get on the right path to mental clarity on some things that we probably (laughs) should. So uh, in this morning, my good friend uh, from Sheridan and Dulas, the very esteemed attorney, (laughs) Miss Deanne Dulas. So Deanne, I was telling you, I'm so glad that you came in because I did myself a disservice before you were coming in this week and what i did uh-huh. is i went on another forensic files binge oh yeah yeah i know I, i'm sure you can guess where this is going um mm-hmm. because forensic files is one of those shows that gives you enough information to creep yourself out Just so that you totally. can't sleep right mm-hmm. i find it fascinating though but one of the things that i find so fascinating about it is the fact that you do get to kind of see um the inside of the criminal justice system kind of like, kind it's, of. Ob- it's already like serialized so you can see here's Mm -hmm. how great it is here's this weird expectation that we have of it but it also gives you a chance to talk to a lot of law enforcement and one of the things that i always find fascinating when i get to one of these kinds of episodes is when a a police officer will tell us the why the ways that they can manipulate human beings to get the response that they want or to get a response. Maybe not always. There may be not always bad people where they're trying to get you to say a certain thing. Yes. But if they think that you are guilty of a certain thing, there are, they have a lot of leverage in -hmm. what they can do to manipulate you and what they can say. Right. And what we see on television that gives us this again, serialized version of how criminal law works means that we have certain expectations about certain absolute protections from us. And those aren't always true. Right. The police are given extraordinary leverage in what they can say to us in order to get to the end goal that they have, which is, of course, law enforcement. Right. Which and we will uh, before we move on, I want to remind everybody that we are going to give some general information today that yes. may sound like it applies to you. Mm-hmm. But please make sure that you seek your own legal counsel. If you are in a scenario that is like this, don't go only by what you hear. But we can't also dispel some myths. So if you have any questions, we encourage you to call in. Now is a great time for you to get that initial consultation. See what it's like to yes. maybe bounce something off an attorney by calling in this morning. You can talk to Deanne at 651-641-1071. That's 651 So what we're going to be talking about today are all of those sort of misconceptions that we have that if we really understood what the real answer was to those questions, how much more empowering that would be for us. Right. And that how we often act upon misinformation, both in family law and in criminal law, uh, in ways that keep us from being able to actually get to the end point where we need to be. Right. And sometimes we backdoor ourselves into more trouble than we would have been if we had gone and talked to somebody. Right. Because it is enough of that. You often have enough information to hurt yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Almost always. You truly believe something is true, that something is an absolute. And in reality, it's probably not true or 
uh, it could be the thing that actually gives you more harm than good. Right. Well, is that why you think it's so uh, just important that people have like that basic schoolhouse rock level of what their rights are? Yes. Okay. At least the schoolhouse rock right. level, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, if anybody was else like me was a child of the 80s, it's yes. still stuck in your head. Right. That's you how can, you learned a lot of things. You, <laughs> you can recite the, the preamble to the Constitution, but right. you have to sing it. No, nope, I'm... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. You have to sing we it. the people. Right. I know. I'm with you. I'm I, with you. I, I can tell you I got extra credit on in fifth grade for being able to write that out. I've, well done. I missed a couple of words because I didn't understand what the words were from singing it. But <laughs> right. but really understanding what those rights are. And when you're, uh, you know, whether it's uh, watching forensic files mm-hmm. or something else on TV, there's lots of places where we get this impression that we know what's going on. I think there are so many of those TV shows. Like right. that was when I was growing up, the reason why I wanted to be an attorney before I went and got like an internship at a law firm mm-hmm. is because I grew up watching Perry Mason yes. and LA Law oh. and all of these things. I just dated myself. I know a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm like, my grandma would have on Perry Mason. I'm like, well, that he is an amazing attorney. Right. He always gets them to confess. <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. How did that happen? And there's always a twist. And I'm like, I am going to be a great orator <laughs> like Perry Mason. And that is not the case that is not how it works right. right we don't get to walk around the the courtroom <laughs> you know waxing philosophic about all these great things mm-hmm. it's a lot more boring and right. it's a lot more time consuming than and what it's we not get to like see LA in an law. hour uh, no, no la law no no i'm trying to think what was the it's other been a while watch. since i've seen anybody fall down an elevator right none of that stuff happened. none of that stuff. like all of the things that make it exciting isn't really what happens and that those boring things though are how you end up in a lot of trouble. Oh, always, mm-hmm. always. So whether it's from friends and family that are telling you, oh, they know something to be true mm-hmm. or what you saw on television or something that you misinterpreted uh, from something you heard from somebody else. There are so many different ways that we get bad information that leads us down a bad path. And sometimes those that bad information is a little intentional, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So in family law, mm-hmm. we often see the use of misinformation as a way of controlling one spouse. Okay. Um, I'm just going to use a male being the controlling and the female being the victim. We know that it can swap, but let's start it with does. that. It mm-hmm. does. It does go both ways. Right. But if he tells you, look, if you divorce me, I'm never paying you child support. You're going to get nothing. I'm the one who earned all the money. This is all my stuff. You're going to walk out of here penniless. Right. And you'll you know you're going to have to go find some place to live you're going to be on the street right it okay so this is a person at some point you loved and trusted Mm -hmm. this is also a person who probably is exerting a lot of control over your life right and so you've been trained through this level of sort of emotional uh, and verbal abuse to always doubt yourself and so you hear that and you think oh my gosh i can't leave where am i going to go where am Mm -hmm. i going to take my kids i i don't have any money i don't have any of these things the reality is of course is that those things aren't true right right? he can't say that if i you know if you divorce me you're not going to get anything right that's not how it works exactly if he quits his job he still owes child support there's lots of options and resources but as long as we feel kind of um boxed in by this misinformation it reduces the number of options that we have and makes us feel like we're really trapped right when getting some information and realizing that what that person is telling you is just not true can be so empowering and i know that that happens too back to our tv examples like if you watch every episode of 
Law and Order. They're always like, well, just come down and chat with us. Oh, come, in, come in and chat with just us. Just come in and chat with us and have a have no a big talk. deal. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. that happens in real life too. Okay, you know, if you get a call from a police officer, something had happened. They say, hey, you know, look, we just want you to come down and chat with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're sure that this is just going to clear it all up. We just have some questions. We want to figure this out. Right. Uh, you know, and they don't really make it sound like there's an option. Yes. And so you you go down there and you tell them your story and you're convinced you can talk your way out of this and explain what happened and that and they, that you're doing the right thing and it won't be a big deal right but and this is the thing right everyone thinks that nothing can be used against you unless you've got that miranda warning right they tell you ahead of time that this is one of those interrogations but when you go down to the police station and you start talking and telling your story that's called a voluntary statement okay and when you are not in custody and you are free to leave at any time the police do not have to give you a Miranda warning before they uh, can use what you tell them against you. And that I have learned from watching a lot of Forensic yeah. Files, Deanne, is that oh. there's a lot of times you're like, wait a minute. And they go, well, when they came down, here's what they said. And now they get to show all this footage mm-hmm. of people just in a room talking to themselves. Yeah. Getting recorded. You know? Yes. Getting mm-hmm. recorded, talking to yourself, talking to the police officers, anything you say when you're not in custody or you're not under arrest Anything you say can still be used against you because it's considered like a confession. It is voluntary. So if it's by the side of the road mm-hmm. or it's an officer that calls you up and wants you to come on in, uh, anything you say to them when you're free to leave at this point is going to be used against you. So when we're joined normally by your partner and friend, Jeff Sheridan, and a lot of what times what he'll say is that you should kind of default to the question of, do I have to? Yes. Do you suggest that as well? I do. Kind of start with that. Right. Okay. Do I have to? Because mm-hmm. again, while they can lie to you and yes. tell you, yes, you have to, if there's documentation of that, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit about how to do that later, if there's documentation of that, that they told me, or you can at least testify, they told me I had to come down. Right. That can actually be used to try to protect you. Okay. Because that lie that you have to do something that you don't have to do is a way of trying to exclude some of the information they get. Well, we are going to dispel some more of those misinformation things that happen to you in these mm-hmm. situations. And what else are we going to cover when we get back, Deanne? We're going to talk about some of the classic things that they tell us in law school that are good examples of how police can trick you into telling them things. All right. And we're going to cover a few criminal and also some family law issues to really give you some information that can empower you in your normal day. And the phones are also open for your questions. If you'd like to talk to Deanne from Sherry, and Doulas, you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon in studio this morning. Also, Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas. Deanne, uh, I encourage people, if they do have specific questions, they can call in today. Yes. At 651-641-1071. But they can also contact you starting at your website, which I know you revamped recently. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. www.ssdpa.com. And you can always get that link if you go to uh, the My Talk 1071 website mytalk1071.com use the keyword mom show it's there as well right. but it's a good way to just kind of start because if you're sitting around and you were online anyway mm-hmm. and getting information yeah let's go to a source that can actually talk you through it appropriately instead of you going well is this the right source how do mm-hmm. i vet this am i getting the right information when as you mentioned earlier it might actually be misinformation that'll yes. really cause you more harm than good Right. So Mm -hmm. the really important part of this is just to make sure that you have the information that you need to help you in that specific situation that you're in. Right. And if it ever feels in your gut like 
whatever you're hearing from somebody doesn't feel right, right. Or, or it shouldn't be right. It's always good to talk to somebody and get the real facts on this because otherwise you're laying in bed at two o'clock in the morning worrying about this. How am I going to deal with this? And, and I really, truly cannot tell you how many times I have people come in for the first time and we're having the conversation about their situation and they're telling me what their husband or their wife told them right. about what was going to happen. And I tell them that's not true. And you can just see this look. You can see the weight come off their shoulders and you can see this look of wonderment like, like, what is that exactly. true? Mm-hmm. And just in that instant, you can see the empowerment. You can see how much that means to them to really know what that's about. And so, it can change the whole scenario. Oh, like getting so that, much. you know, the way that you then get to come back into the room mm-hmm. when you're dealing with that, you yeah. know, significant other or whatever the scenario is, to be able to come back in and going, no, I don't have to do this. Yes, that's not how this works. Right. You may be thinking that, but that's not how this works. And really understanding that dynamic of power and control and the use of misinformation to maintain that control. Right. And I think that it's also good just to remind people, you know, it's going to, you know, sometimes you go, I think I get it, but I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have a guy, quote unquote, yeah. that person. You have a person where you can go, this is where I can actually sit down with them and they can put it in to the language that I can understand. Because you went to school a long time. You've been yeah. doing this a long time. It's your mm-hmm. job to stay up on all of the ins and outs of yes. this scenario. So you can sit there and go, no, this is what applies now in this time period right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you go and talk to somebody and they don't speak your language or they're talking over you or they're telling you, don't worry about it. I can take care of it. I can just fix this. But they're not empowering you with information. Stand up and get out of there. Yes. Right. Their job of a good lawyer is to really help you understand and uh, understand the pros and cons of all of your options so that you're the one making this decision about your life, not the lawyer. Right. Right. But get help go to the website our website has a lot of good information on it call in today or call in and have a free consultation just let us take that weight off your shoulders and talk to you about these things so deanne when you know i know you said that you started working as a clerk at a law firm and and different so you really did work yourself up the ranks but when you were in law school were there any like aha moments where you're like wait what the police can do what or i can (laughs) they can say tell me huh was there any of those like bright shiny moments you're just stunned with that you know that first time in criminal law where you're told that the police in minnesota are allowed to not tell you the truth right when they're trying to ferret out the information and, and investigate a crime is kind of stunning yes and so kind of the classic story that uh the professors all tell you is all you know absolutely true but you know you always wonder if it really is is the story of the guy that comes into the police department for a lie detector test right and he comes into the police department for the lie detector test and the police have set it up he goes into the room they put uh the material over his head and every time he speaks to them when they you know are asking questions they press the button on the machine and out pops a statement that says you're lying okay But in reality, what the police had worked out was that they had attached a bunch of wires to a colander and back to a copy machine. And the button that they're pressing is just the copy button. And on the on the machine, (laughs) it says you lied. And so every time they press the button, out comes another copy. And so the person thinks that, of course, they're they've been caught. caught. Yes. And then they spill their guts and they. Uh, you know, confess to everything. So that's kind of the classic story, this colander and the copy machine, where right. it's like, 
Press the button. Nope, you're lying. Oh, wait, wait a second. But this and this and this. Press the button. Nope, you're lying. And it keeps coming out. And that they can actually kind of manipulate your emotions that even if it was an actual lie detector test, they can try and get you to be so that you would fail or do poorly. You know, yes. they're certainly not trying to calm you down. Like when you go to the doctor's office and they're taking your blood pressure, like, could you sit still <laughs> right. and relax and unfold your legs? Right. You know, Both calm down on the floor. Right. They're not doing that at no, all. Okay. No. And, and well, you know, some people talk about being able to fake a lie detector and, you know, whether or not those lie detectors are really accurate. It's the belief that they are accurate, the belief that this is a process that will ferret out the truth. They can be used both for actually trying to find out the truth and then also trying to come up with other ways of getting a confession or getting other information. The other thing that I think is interesting when I am doing my uh, unofficial research watching forensic files um, is that you you see that somebody goes, oh, well, I got convicted. I'm automatically going to get to a chance to go and plead my case someplace else and it'll get overturned. Yes, and that is not true. Right. There are very few cases uh, that go automatically to the Supreme Court review. Otherwise, if you lose a case in criminal court, you have to proactively bring an appeal before the Court of Appeals in Minnesota to get that review. And it turns out that there are only certain things that'll get you a, con- a review, actually. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, especially when... It can't just be, well, I said I didn't do it. Well, I mean, it can, but you're probably okay. going to lose. Okay. Right? right. I mean, anybody can bring anything to court, but okay. it's just a matter of whether or not you're going to be successful with that. So it's really important to understand that simply losing at the district court level does not mean you're going to necessarily win at the court of appeals level. Okay. And you have to be the one to hire the lawyer, initiate that process and move forward uh, with that. It's really uh, quite difficult. What about that part whenever you're watching a TV show and they say, you know, I'm they're presuming that I'm innocent. We always try to presume that people are innocent and then they have to prove that I'm guilty. And that is technically true. Okay, But with regard to things like DWI law, um, you're in an implied consent proceeding when they take away your driver's license because you have failed an intoxilizer test or you refuse to take an intoxilizer test. Okay, um, you're being presumed guilty before. So you're actually realizing that punishment quite before anyone has proved you guilty of the crime. And in fact, you can be proved innocent of the DWI crime and still lose your license for 90 days because the police officer determined that you were under the influence of alcohol or you failed that test and you didn't do something more to assert your rights. In order to basically avoid the implied consent, you actually need to bring a separate lawsuit. Right. So it's not initiated by the state. You have to bring a lawsuit to assert that you were innocent and that you should get your driver's license back. And that goes back to something that you and Jeff had mentioned on a previous episode of The Mom Show, Mm -hmm. is that one of your first calls needs to be actually, go. I need to talk to an attorney. Yes. They can give you a book. They can give you a, no, you know, a bunch of numbers, even if it's the middle of the night or mm-hmm. uh, a weekend or a holiday. Talk to a lawyer. Right. right. You know, and know what the next step actually is. Mm-hmm. Because you are entitled to call a lawyer. If you call a lawyer after you've been brought into the police station, make sure that you exercise that right, because there are many circumstances uh, where you may want to take that test. You may not want to take that test. Or you may want to ask for an additional test where you're allowed to bring in somebody outside of 
the uh, police station to come to the police station and take a second sample of your bread, uh, breath, blood or urine in order to confirm whether or not the test given by the police was accurate. And Deanne, back to what we always say. We always encourage our My Talkers and people that are listening to us on MyTalk1071.com to make good life choices. And yes. hopefully you do not end up in any of these scenarios. No. But if you are... Make sure that you do the right thing for you and your family, which is make a couple of phone calls. Make a couple yeah. of phone Hopefully, calls. Hopefully, call you know, right. get, keep that uh, that Lyft and that Uber app yes. open, and don't get in that scenario. Even if don't risk it. No. If you're here, though, call somebody first. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody makes bad decisions. Right. Right. Nobody mm-hmm. is perfect. Everybody who's a good person, you don't have to be a serial uh, drunk driver. Right. Something will happen, and good people get into bad situations. Mm-hmm. That's when you really need to be proactive to be able to make sure that you're protecting yourself and not letting your guilt and shame and fear of what happened interfere with your ability to keep a job, get to work, drive your kids to school, Mm -hmm. all of those things. So do be proactive when you're taking care of yourself on those issues. Now, I know we have to go to break soonish, but I also wanted to go to the um, we hear the word hearsay. Mm -hmm. So what's hearsay and how does it affect me if I end up in some sort of criminal case? So hearsay is an out of court statement offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted, which is the legal definition of hearsay. What that means is someone says something out of court that is used Mm -hmm. to prove that you did something wrong in a criminal context. Right. Okay. And so some people think that that hearsay in a criminal context can't be used against you. Right. You hear that objection a lot if you watch the TV shows. Mm -hmm. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And if you get to trial... That is absolutely very true. Okay. If there's someone testifying, that testimony could be hearsay, but it's enough to keep the person from being able to answer that question. Okay. But hearsay that's heard out of court can be used against you to help the uh, police officers find the next link to information against you, okay. to find more evidence against you. So they never offer the hearsay, but it's used to get them to the next step right. where they find something that they need that they can use. So the neighbor you. tells them where they should go dig yes. and then they go dig and they go dig. Okay. Right. And the, because the police officer is testifying about what they were told when they're on the stand, because they're an investigating officer that information is by itself, by definition, hearsay. Okay. Right? Because the officer is testifying about a wit- what a witness told them. Mm-hmm. But that's allowed. Ah, okay. This is so complicated. Another reason for them to call you. And yes. I know we have some other things, that we some other myths we want to dispel. So what are we going to cover when we return? Well, we're probably going to talk a little bit about orders for protection. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to talk about all of the ways that there's family law misinformation out there that can really help empower you to make some good decisions for yourself. Perfect. And you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Deanne Doulas from Sheridan and Doulas here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I am Miss Shannon, Sheridan and Dulas's chief instigator, uh, and their family <laughs> law uh, lead is in the studio as well, Deanne Dulas. And uh, Deanne, uh, I really appreciate when you come in because you know it's it's things you know we talk about subject matters that sound very familiar. Yes, because you know between law related shows. And cooking shows, that's most of our TV. Then yes. a couple of like HGTV shows sprinkled in. Yes. You know, so and a few it, reality shows that end up making everything harder for everybody. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you do have so much of this um, legalese that is consumed as entertainment. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just have these things floating around in your brain a lot mm-hmm. of times and you don't know 
what to do with them. So they probably come out sideways often for right. a lot of your clients. They often come out real squirrely. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. You hear one thing, you interpret it based upon your situation, right. but your interpretation is wrong. Right. Because they didn't tell you the whole story on television. You thought something is true. Reality TV has done more to destroy uh, how we're supposed to be doing these things than anything. Right. Um, and so you get this misinformation, you misapply it to your situation, and then... That's when the trouble starts. Right. Well, I mean, I think that one of the things we hear about is you hear like order of protections or I got a restraining order. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, I don't think people really understand what's involved with that and why you would want one, why you wouldn't want one, how that actually goes for you. Well, and orders for protection are that crossover piece between criminal and family law. Okay, there's actually a a difference between an order for protection and a harassment restraining order in Minnesota. Okay, an order for protection requires some level of fear or an intention to cause fear. Okay, so either there's fear of harm or actual harm that's happened. Okay, harassment is considered a repeated pattern of unwanted behavior okay and the impact of those two different orders is extraordinary all right so if you get a harassment restraining order or an order for protection even though it's a civil order both of them will criminalize your behavior okay so if you violate it you've now committed a crime are they equally Uh, Are they equal things or is one worse than the other between a harassment order and order of protection? The order for protection has some hidden harms in there as well. Okay. If you have an order for protection against you, you have to turn over all of your guns. You're not allowed to possess a firearm. So if you are a hunter and you agree to an order for protection, but without any findings, let's say the court tells you, because they will, Mm -hmm. you have three options here today. You can either uh, admit the allegation and an order for protection will be entered or you can deny the allegation and we'll set this on for a trial. Or you can not admit that you did anything wrong, but agree you don't want to have contact with this person anymore. Which sometimes seems like the path of least resistance. Oh, it seems super easy, right? Okay. This is mm-hmm. great. You know what? I, I don't want to get into a fight about it, but I agree I shouldn't talk to this person anymore. Right. It's toxic for both of us. Just, just move yeah, on. Let's just okay. move on. But then even if that person calls you up and says, come on over, we need to just hash this out and and get through this. Even though you're invited, you go to their house, that is a criminal violation. Ah, okay. Even if you, it wasn't a gun involved uh, incident between you and that other person, you, it's illegal for you to possess a gun. Right. So it has lots of impact on you so that we take this civil sort of uh, disagreement between two people and we turn it into a criminal proceeding. Even when both parties say, yeah, you know, we we're should just, over it. We're over it. Yeah. Let's just move on. Unless it's dismissed, the two of you moving on, even when the person who is the victim initiates that contact. Yes. That is still a crime. So if you had a scenario where somebody put an order of repression against you, then you guys get back together and the neighbor sees it and doesn't know and calls Mm -hmm. you, calls the cops. You go to jail. You go to jail. Got it. Okay. Or you get back together. And when you're back together, uh, there's a new fight. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the person who had gotten the order for protection calls the police after you leave and says, oh, yeah, he or she was just here. Um, They violated this. Uh, You need to go pick them up. Gotcha. That's a crime. Okay. So those orders for protection are really serious things. Uh, Same thing with the harassment restraining order. They should not be lightly entered into. And you should really understand all of the ramifications because they won't tell you that when you're at court. Ah, So when is, you know, when you're doing that, is that another thing where you just people just have a tendency to just kind of like rubber stamp it and move on? Yeah. Okay.
Yeah. All right. Yeah. So what else in family law do we have a tendency to do that with as well? You know, as well? well, there's all sorts of things in okay. family law. So, all right. Um, there's this idea, uh, again, which is often a control mechanism where someone will say, well, I won't let you get a divorce. I won't give you a divorce. Mm-hmm. This idea that somehow, like we see on television, when someone puts the divorce papers in front of them. You can they, just say, don't sign it. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't sign it. Or I'm not going to sign this. And, and someone, the other person is stuck there with the pen and the papers and they can't get the other person to sign. So they can't get divorced. They're, they're stuck being married. Right. That does not happen. So how does it really happen? Let's say that somebody digs their heels in and just refuses to go through the process with you. Well, if they do that, the court is still empowered to divorce you even without that other person's involvement. Got it. So okay. once they serve the divorce papers, the summons and petition, the other person has 30 days to put in an answer. Mm-hmm. If they don't, they're in default. Okay. In Minnesota, you have to wait 20 days before you can ask the court for a default hearing. You go in with your pre-prepared order, tell them when you serve the person, they're not here, provide a little bit of brief testimony, and the court will divorce you. So does it ever happen that somebody is so against the process or trying to be so stubborn that they just dodge the people trying yeah. to like save them the papers? Oh, all the time. Oh, okay. So what happens the then? Well, then you sometimes have to get creative. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really don't know where they are and you've tried really hard to get them served, the court can issue an order where you can actually give notice by publication. Okay. So like put it in the paper or on a right. website? On the paper. It's uh, The law hasn't caught up with the internet yet. Oh, so you so can't... it's still got to be in a printed paper so <laughs> okay. long as so we still have... So you can't throw it on like citypages.com. No, no. <laughs> okay, got as it. As long as we still have a printed paper, we still have to go with the printed paper. Okay. Um, But so you can do it by publication. Um, You also can get creative. I can tell you that um, we at my firm um, have uh, used, uh, gone to the florist and gotten those big rose boxes. Yes. And putting papers inside them. And then you're in a outside place trying to get into a secure building. You press the button. I've got a delivery. Right. They come down to get the flowers and the papers are in the flowers. Gosh, you have to be so creative. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, I personally served a guy who is in a a semi truck out in a semi truck lot while he was ready, you know, trying to go off. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, I've got a delivery for you and made him sign for it. Like it was a UPS delivery and then got out of there. So many adventures. So many adventures. So that's another good example of going. This is why you should get a professional because you guys are familiar with it. And I'm sure that there's people going, I've tried to find him. He won't answer my phone calls. Him, Mm -hmm. her. We can Mm -hmm. say him or her. Him or her. I've tried to find them. They won't contact me. They won't answer my phone calls. Mm -hmm. They say they're not going to work through this process with me and that I'm just stuck. Yeah. And you go, I can do this. Yes, we can still do this. And you can also bring a motion before a judge and ask the court to authorize substitute service, meaning I don't know where he is, but I know where his grandma is. Okay. And I can send it to grandma, serve grandma, because we have a pretty good idea that grandma knows where he is and we'll get it to him. Right. Jeez, there are so many things that you have to deal oh, with. They're going to think. So I'm many. glad that my divorce was not so contentious. Yes. <laughs> it makes me happy about yes. things. It's weird to be happy about the way that your divorce went. But mine, pat on the back. We went. <laughs> well, that was pretty easy. And you, you could be the poster child because that's okay. another one of the myths that mm-hmm. every divorce has to be this World War Three right. all out bang out thing. 
there there are plenty of divorces that again we don't see this on television right it, it, this is not what we get to model from what we hear you know in the news but there are plenty of divorces where people get divorced they get along really well afterwards they just well, can't just be have, married right to each other. you aren't your best self together yes and that's part of adulting sometimes is admitting okay we need to move on but especially when there's kids involved you yes. get so you know you i feel like people default one way or the other mm-hmm. they're either so territorial that the kids get pulled into all of mm-hmm. these battles or you go let's get it together as the grown-ups and go we are going to co-parent well move on right and i think that that's sometimes more difficult for people and you're right it does it does seem like out of the norm it you know, is people seem so surprised to go nope there's no drama as far as that's concerned or mm-hmm. we may have have we may still have differences yeah. my ex and i have differences but we co-parent appropriately right. which is the key Right. You know, and that's the hard part is that when you're going through that dis, uh, the divorce process, really working with your clients to express that it doesn't have to be like we all see and we all expect. Right. That everybody show you, you can't show up at the same party anymore because everybody knows, oh, there's whispering and everybody's all this backbiting. Right. right. It's really about how can we be our best selves and co-parent this child so that the child ends up with two loving parents who right. don't get into fights in front of them. Exactly. But that is not what's modeled in society. Right. And trust me, it is so much easier on yes. you. Like if you can get to that point and get some of your ego out of the way mm-hmm. and go, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, that part about, doesn't matter. We want to hear about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt and the fight over the kids. Not mm-hmm. even if they got we're getting along and everything was going smoothly, it would not make the paper. Exactly. No one reads about that stuff. Right. It's not interesting. Or it's such an oddity. Like when we do hear a story about, you know, oh, and these two celebrities, they went to the, they, they go on, they still vacation together yes. with the kids. And you're like, well, that should be that okay be, as well. That, they don't have to get back together, but if they can still get along and the kids are happy because they get to see both parents, right. sweet. In you know? a happy, positive, still respectful relationship. And that's really the the key to moving forward. It, you know, sometimes divorces take a long time. Right. Because we're trying to work out what those guidelines are going to be, what those rules are going to be for how parents are going to interact with each other so that we can ensure that they're at least at a starting point that gives them the best possible chance at a positive co-parenting relationship. Right. And it is awesome once you can get to that. Yeah, it's all spelled out. Like Mm -hmm. we have things that are spelled out, but my ex and I have to pivot every once in a while on things and to be able to go, no, we can have this conversation and I don't feel like someone's always coming at me if Mm -hmm. I go, so I have to move something around. Do you want him yeah. more you know, kind of thing or right. are you busy mm-hmm. you know get, being able to like offer that up it does help and it is something that we probably should so, show more in our society right so i think the other thing is that people get so attached to their property in these mm-hmm. scenarios where you're like oh my i have to you end mm-hmm. up with that i have to have it i have to this you know what's really when you're spelling it out what should you really look at what you really need to look at is a couple of things. One, we want to make sure that everybody has enough uh, assets to go off and live happy, healthy lives. If one right. person gets everything in the house, um, because at least on paper, it's not worth very much. It's not really fair because you still have to go buy it and replace it for the person right. who didn't get it. So what we're trying to do is we're looking at a division of things that allows both of you to go forward and live normal lives and a a division of assets like cash assets that neither of you are going to have nothing and the other person is still going to be able to go off and and vacation and do all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it's really about trying to find that balance between 
that division of income and the division of assets between two parties so that neither one of them is uh, has a significant advantage and the other one is a significant disadvantage. It sounds like it's very key that you use the word balance versus just fair. Right. You know, fair seems relative. Fair is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Because now we're thinking about those emotional components that led to that divorce. So whether it is uh, that person cheated on me. Right. Or they were the one who wanted the divorce or any of those questions that may, may make us believe that we're entitled to more than a balanced division are not, at least in Minnesota, true. Minnesota's a no-fault state. So if the person had an affair... You don't get more. If that person uh, decided to start the divorce, they you don't get more right. because they made that choice to change both of your lives. Well, there are a few other misconceptions that I know we want to cover this yeah. morning. And um, let's give a little taste of what we're going to cover when we get back. Well, you know, when I think what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things that keep people in abusive relationships. Right. Uh, you know, who has possession of the house? Uh, what happens if one person quits their job to avoid an, an obligation? Uh, those are some things we're going to be talking about. All great information, courtesy of Deanne Dulas from Sheridan and Dulas. We'll be right back here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. I am Miss Shannon uh, from Sheridan and Dulas. Deanne Dulas is in giving us some information and dispelling some misconceptions. Uh, if you have any questions, there's still time for you to call at 651 641 1071. That's 651 641 1071. And Deanne, time flies. It just Always. flies when you're having a good time, but it can go so slowly if you are in a terrible situation. If you're in a terrible situation, um, every day is just torturous. Right. And it might literally be torturous. Right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, in a, when you're in a bad situation, um, it's the fear of the unknown that keeps you where you're at. Right. Because the unknown is scarier than where you're at. Right. At least it's what you know. Mm-hmm. It's what you've experienced. It's what you're comfortable with. Right. And sometimes having some extra little bit of information can empower you and help you get out the door. Right. Because I'm sure that a lot of times, even if it is a incredibly negative environment, you just get accustomed to justifying why you're there. Yes. Like, you know how to answer that question of why do I stay here? Why do I stay? When not uh, knowing how will I survive out of this scenario, Mm -hmm. that's probably incredibly, uh, just incredibly scary time for people. Well, it's just paralyzing. Right. Right. That fear of the unknown and what's going to happen to me paralyzes more people and keeps more people in bad and dangerous situations Mm -hmm. than probably anything else. But there's a lot of lies and things that are told to people in those situations that keep them helpless, that keep them powerless. So let's tick a few of those off while we have time. One Mm -hmm. of the big ones is if you leave, you're giving up your right to the house, right? You've abandoned the house. Therefore, you, you don't have any right to it anymore. Right. You left. I live here still. This is mine now. Right. Exactly. Not true. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if one of the major assets that you have in your relationship is the house, when you leave, whether it's out of fear or just because you want to leave. Right. That does not mean you are giving up your right to any interest in that house. Right. There is no such thing as abandoning property. Mm -mm. It doesn't work that way. So if you leave for safety reasons or otherwise, the other person can't say, um, okay, I get to keep the house 
or that I get to keep the house without giving you your share of the equity in the house. And one of the things that we've mentioned even on the Red Hot Real Estate Show is that it takes one to buy and two to sell. Yes. So you are there are you are covered on all bases. Yes, because mm-hmm. even if your name isn't on the title, you have a marital interest in that property. Right. So we use different formulas. One is called the Schmitz formula that all the lawyers out there that are listening going, ah, Schmitz formula. Right. But other mm-hmm. people are like, what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's a formula that it we sounds use. like a really bad beer. That's what it sounds yes. like. <laughs> it, it could be. Yes. Okay. But it's a formula to try to figure out what portion of real estate is owned by an individual and what portion of it is owned jointly. Okay. So even if the house is just in her name, right? But you've been married for twenty years. The house is nearly paid off. The fact that you started with a down payment or she owned it for a couple of months first does not mean that the he mm-hmm. did not gain a marital interest, even if he never paid a single mortgage payment. Okay. If you're married, all of those payments that are made during the marriage are coming from marital income. Right. That's marital property. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same thing if you're the female in the situation. If you're dealing with a pension account and you're staying with somebody because you've been a stay-at-home mom. Right. And you've not put any money away in a pension or retirement account and, and you're getting into your late 40s, early 50s, and you're starting to look towards retirement. Oh, how can I, you know, how can I leave him? I'm going to be left destitute. I'm not going to have any money to live off of. Right. Not true. Right. Even though those pension monies are in just his name, right? It's a pension. It's a monthly payment he's going to get for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. That is still marital property to the extent it was earned during the marriage. And they can divide those pension payments. Right. So that if it's a $3,000 a month pension payment, they can at the source divide it so that you each get half so that it's not up to him to write you a check. Right. The plan administrator writes you the check. Ah, so it's not you contacting them every month going, where do I get it? Where do I get it, Mm -hmm. right? Same thing with 401k money, IRAs, other types of retirement accounts. All of those are marital property if they were earned during the marriage. So those get divided. So don't think you're going to leave the house and be left destitute. Destitute. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there a point where, like, cause, uh, uh, you know, I think that, you know, as we get to the end of this, well, I want to talk about kids a yeah. lot, you know, and like, how does it deal with it? Cause you go, oh, if I say the wrong thing, then I'm going to be getting less parenting time. Mm-hmm. What are the, how do I uh, involve the kids in this scenario? Mm-hmm. What are their rights? Let's cover some of that. All right. So, Uh, When we're trying to determine where kids are going to live or what Mm -hmm. custody labels we're going to use, there's a set of 12 best interest factors that Minnesota employs. Okay. One of those factors is the preference of the child or the children. Right. But at no point does that factor trump everything else. Okay. So everybody believes that, you know, the kids can pick when they're 13 or 14 is usually the age that I hear. Mm -hmm. And so they'll agree to terrible things uh, or to a really uncomfortable parenting situation thinking, well, it doesn't matter because when the child turns 14, they're going to get to pick, they get Mm -hmm. to pick and they're going to come pick and live with me. So Mm -hmm. I, I can deal with this for a couple of years. That is not how it works. Right. Right. And there are some states where they have ages. Minnesota is not one of them. Okay. Minnesota recognizes there might be a nine-year-old who has a better ability to really voice a reasonable preference. And there might be a 17-year-old that wants to go live with dad because he gets to stay out till three o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So Minnesota doesn't say there's a hard and fast age where kids get to pick. So don't enter into those types of agreements often thinking, well, look, this this is just a really rough time right now. Uh, You know, we just need to get past this divorce and then things will work out. Right. That is not how it works. Don't also assume that 
if you just agree to something just to make them happy, that you can come back later and fix it. Right. What the? It's kind of like the those cooker things where it's the set it and forget it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in Minnesota, once you put it in, it's done. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You put it in, it's done. And in order to undo these things, you have to meet certain criteria to undo them. So if you say to yourself, "We're going to agree to joint physical custody just because I, you know, I just need to be done with this. It'll make right. him happy, and, and and I'll come back later and we'll fix that." Yes. No, you have a very limited mechanism for changing those custody labels. So you really want to be thoughtful, even though the process is painful. Right. Don't always assume that you can just agree to anything and you can come back and fix it later. Okay. Not right. Mm -hmm. And it's just interesting because you're trying to like, it's probably for the best, even though it's more work for us back to the adulting part of it to sit there and go, no, what really makes sense in the long run Mm -hmm. versus how can I just check this off and try and move on to whatever the next milestone is in my life? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it gets to be difficult because again, we come back to that fear of the unknown, right? People fight often because for reasons that have nothing to do with the law or even necessarily the children or the relationship. They'll fight for custody because they don't want to be perceived as a bad parent. Right. They'll fight for custody because it's not really about the parenting time, but they want to pay less in child support. Right. Right. Sometimes it's a fight because they know that they're getting under the other person's skin, Mm -hmm. not because they really care about whatever the issue is, whether it's the toaster or the child. Sometimes they fight about things just to get under people's skins. And again, it comes back to this fear of the unknown and also this idea of scarcity. Right. And if we can try to let go of those things and really work through the process, it can be better. Doesn't mean it's going to fix everything, but it can be better. There also seems to be a couple of custody things that you seem like, oh, if I get custody, I get X. Right. Mm -hmm. If I get custody, I get the house is usually the one that we start out with. Mm -hmm. Not true necessarily, because it's got to come back to being able to afford that house. If together the two of you could make that payment and you could make owning that house work. But even with child support and maybe spousal maintenance, that house is no longer sustainable for you. Right. You may not get the house. Right. Right. And the you co- may not want the house. No. You know, back to the just get it just because. Just mm-hmm. because. No. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we assign an idea of stability to the house. And sometimes that can be a, a real thing for children. Right. Uh, some children's stability is the number one thing that they need. And in other cases, the house ends up being uh, just this white elephant that's just yes. hanging on everybody's back. Right. And keeping you from living a better life. I do think it's interesting, too, because one of the things you you, people seem to like jump into is, you know, I'm a mom and I do happen to have custody. Mm -hmm. But I think that we as moms just always presume that moms get custody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not true. Right. Not true. Mm -hmm. Really, those 12 best interest factors, none of them are based upon gender. Right. It's all based upon what a really child focused view of the world. And so maybe dad hasn't been involved very much during the child's life. You were a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Dad was at work. But now your reality is changing. Right. And if dad can reasonably say that he wants to become a more active role uh, or have a more active role in this child's life and can do more than just the talk about it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's the the put-up part of it. Correct, yeah. And is actually able to, dad's not going to be punished because of the fact that, that he, he was working, that before. he was working. That mm-hmm. was just a division of labor in the family. So as a mom, don't go into it thinking that you have some greater right to custody because the law does not protect you in that way. Right. You really need to act uh, responsibly about 
preserving your own rights and yes. not just make that assumption. Well, I appreciate us covering all of this information. I know that there's probably more questions out there. So we, again, want to encourage everybody to give a call to Sheridan and Dulas. Yes. And so the best way to get a hold of you again is? Uh, so through our phone number is 651-686-8800. We're open from 830 to 5, Monday through Friday. Give us a call. Any of our staff can get you on the calendars and come in and see either Jeff or I or any of the associate attorneys there that we work with. And if you want more information, you can always get it on our website as well. It's mytalk1071.com, keyword mom show. Thanks again, Deanne. Thank you for having me.